are back in the Football Shed, your weekly football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone like we do. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. It's uh, week two of Remote Football Shed. Um, we're still looking at people on screens and not hanging out in rooms like we're supposed to. Um, are we getting used to it? Is it normal now? Well, I think you both look a little bit worse than last week. <laughs> Our beards are definitely longer. <laughs> I'll tell you what, after two weeks of isolation, the thing that keeps going through my mind is why do they sell toothpaste from a tube? Uh, well, how else do you want to sell it? Well, that's big, only because you're used to the tube, right? If you weren't used to the tube, a tube would be a real strange choice, like maybe from a pot. No, or but a... You've got to, you want to squeeze it onto your brush. No, 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 no. That's just what you're used to, John. Like you have, you have these preconceptions about toothpaste. You've been indoctrinated into modern society where toothpaste comes in a tube. But if you imagine all of the other options for toothpaste, you could just dab your toothbrush in a pot. Yeah, there's an idea. That'd be you, nice. you could have a pre-pasted brush with a little nozzle that you squirt at the back of the brush that, that oozes onto the brush bristles. Have like, you seen those? Like we've accepted that it comes in a tube. It's massive wasted, really. We throw it all away every time. We do waste a lot of toothpaste, but have you seen the stand-up ones that you get in the UK? You don't get them over here. Well, you they, squidge the top. You squidge the top. I don't like it. It's messy. You end up after messy. like two weeks. You end up with toothpaste all down the side, and it goes crusty. Yeah, but if you've had the same the same toothpaste tube for three weeks, like the end is bloody horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so we just accept that's normal. It's not normal. <laughs> well, it's good. To, my my problem with isolation is I have no idea what day it is. I um, woke up this morning and was like, is it Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, and it's the Every same. Every Yes, exactly. <laughs> Every day just blurs into one. Um, Rod, you're having a big swig of beer there. What beer have you bought for this week's uh, shed? Uh, I think I'm on the Hop Nation this week. Um, the Heart Pale Ale. Well, that's a good beer, that one. What One of the better pale ales around, I think. Um, yeah, I, I got a bit carried away this week because I just read somewhere in the news that um, people were stockpiling beer. And I was like, you will not have my beer. So <laughs> I um, stocked up a little bit, a lot. So you stockpiled. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm the also on, I'm now on board the um, Carwin Cellars uh, Sip and Serve takeaway beer, which is great because they just come and deliver a slab to you for five bucks. Well, that's good. Great. Um, Jeff, what are you drinking? Just some straight whiskey. Oh, good. Yep. <laughs> some, some isolation whiskey. Well, I just had a bit of a sore throat, so I thought, you know, <laughs> that's that's not, best, that'll do the trick. <laughs> Maybe that's what everyone should be prescribing for coronavirus. I've got a sore throat. I'll have some whiskey. That'll Stay help. home, get drunk. Yes. I've got some uh, Audi $6 wine back in stock. $6. Yeah, no, it's gone up a dollar. Um Every week we start with a question, so I will do the question in a sec, but here's a bit of an admin. If you want to get in contact, ask us a question, or tell us we're wrong about something, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed, or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review so more people can hear us talk nonsense. This week's question is about managers. Um, so obviously there's not much football on at the moment. Well, there's no football, unless you live in Belarus. Um So I was just reading some articles about people who are taking pay cuts. And uh, I've read, um, I found out who the highest paid manager in the world is. So can you name the highest paid manager in the world? Oh, um, 
It's not Rafa Benitez, is it? No, good guess. Thinking Chinese, but no, it's not. Am I in the right continent? Pep? No, not Pep, and not in China. Zidane? Hmm. No, but that is a better choice of country. Is it Would you real, say that uh, if you, Barcelona if you are, manager? If you weed yourself whilst in France, you'd be incontinent? <laughs> yes. Gosh. <laughs> um, it gets it's not, worse. It's not the Barcelona manager, Rog. Uh, Simeone. Diego Simeone is the highest paid manager in world football. What? Wow. And he earns £40 million pounds a year. 4 0? 4 0. That's Three. very like unAtletico Madrid like like when you think of Atletico he's done something really clever there he's created an image of the team that they're thrifty but then he gets paid more than anybody in the world well that was my thing with it is cuz you think of Simeone you're like oh he's so loyal to Atletico Madrid and he's done so well at uh being loyal to them and uh then turns out he's actually just getting paid a shitload to be loyal and you'd argue that his football isn't very good no it's, it's ugly. like as soon as he goes to a bigger club if he went to a Barcelona or a Man City or whatever and they would just play ugly football everyone would be like oh it's crap but the, the one thing that you would say in his favour is he's actually managed to do an Alex Ferguson really he's managed to replenish his side regularly and have them still play like Atletico Madrid so you could if you went back in a time machine eight years seven years however long you've been there you would see the same style of football with the same type of players in the same type of positions as you're seeing today, just different personnel. I think that is actually quite impressive as a manager. Most most managers, you know, they, they can manage a, a team, they can develop it, they can create a, you know, an ethos, but then as soon as they have to replenish, everything changes and it falls down. But they, they've maintained a level of consistency across generations, which is yeah. actually quite impressive for him. Yeah, and they spend a lot. But yes. They spent a lot of money on attacking footballers this year to try and make them better, and it's not really worked yet. So uh, maybe he's thankful that this. Yeah, but you spend that a lot of little, money on attacking um, footballers, and you make them play like shit. That's yeah, they, they, true. they bought Joe Felix, and they made, they turned him into a like a combative midfielder. Like, <laughs> How's he been going, Joe Felix? Joe Felix. Uh, he started well and then got injured, and then just before this all kicked off, he just came back from injury. Now, I don't mean to, to do a Roger and go, oh, you know, I've spotted this amazing wonder kid. Oh, Vindictus Junior. No, I, don't, I don't mean to do why that. Is that. Why is that a Roger? Don't you remember when you did that? And you were like, oh, I've spotted this new talent signed for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I think... um, but <laughs> I, I haven't heard of him. I actually think that Jao Felix will be the next Neymar. Yeah. Like, he will be the next global superstar. He is Wait, hold on a minute, Jeff. Hold on. Is this still part of the joke or not? No, they bought no. him for like 135 million. <laughs> yeah, but everyone costs that these days. You know, it's a ridiculous amount of money. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. He is very, very good. So hot he, tip, he hot tip from Jeff there. Look out for Jao Felix, the 135 million pound bargain wonder kid. This is yeah. when, uh, like at the start of the season, I wanted to have Bemiang as my surprise player of the year. And you were like, no, you can't. It costs 60 mil. Just fair enough. Okay. Um, so, this week, everybody, last week we did the Dickhead 11, which I think oh. was very successful. 
I've got, um, I've got to jump in. There was, there's been an injury in the Dickhead 11. The El Hedge Chief has, has been stretched off. Has there been a late Jack, call up? Jack Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> this was going to be one of my side, my side stories. Bring it forward, um, Rog. It, in the, um, obviously, he, he listened to the pod last week and was like, no, I'm not having this. I've got to get myself into the 11. Um, this did come up on Facebook this week. A couple of people commented. Not that. only has he broken curfew and tried to go to a party, he's obviously had a few, and he's crashed his Range Rover into at least three parked cars, yeah. which What's is sober? Pretty, pretty difficult to do. Oh, sober my ass! Surely not. Do you okay. know my favourite bit about this story though was whose party he was going to? Did you see that? Ross no. McCormack. Ross McCormack. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> like he was fat when he was playing. Like, in five years' time, he's going to be absolutely massive. I love it. And it was said, Ross McCormack, currently a free agent. Like, mm, there we do go. You, um, <laughs> did you ever hear about the Ross McCormack story where he phoned Steve Bruce when he was manager of Aston Villa and Ross McCormack was playing for them, of why he couldn't come to training? Go on. He, uh, he couldn't work his electric gate on his house. He said it had broken, so he couldn't get out of his house. So he said, oh, I'm trapped in, sorry. And Steve Bruce like, well, just... Climb over the fucking gates and get a taxi. Gone to work. He's like, oh no, I can't. I can't do it. Um, he's just <laughs> <laughs> lazy what a fat clown. man. What a clown. Dog ate my homework. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack Grealish gets stretched on to this um to this ticket yeah. eleven with with a plum. I'd say after this week, he's he's done himself proud. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we've got. And I loved I love the story this week about how um he's essentially because of his behaviour. He's um, played his way out of a transfer to Man United and they're now going to focus uh, all their efforts on James Madison. Yeah, I know, from like, one oh, incident. Good one! <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't so, listen to the shed. Well, this week we might be giving some uh, transfer tips out with our team for this week. So we did dickheads last week. This week we're going to do uh, best of the rest eleven. So it's players that are not in the current top five in the league, which is Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Chelsea and Man United. So anyone from position six down, the best players out of those 15 remaining teams. So we'll play 4-3-3 and we'll do the same as last week. We got a bit messy last week during the midfield, so we'll make it clear and crisp that we'll vote for each player um, and decide who is in the team. So who wants to start with a goalkeeper that is best of the rest? I think we're going to be consistent on this one. Go on then, Rog. I've got Henderson. Henderson. I've got Henderson. Jordan Pickford. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Because no, I, I don't think he's had a particularly good year. I think you're picking him, one, because he plays Everton and two on past performance. He's had a tough... He's copped a lot of shit this year, which I don't think is necessarily fair. But I also... I don't think he's had the, the greatest year, whereas I think Henderson has sort of come from nowhere. And, um, you know, it's not like Sheffield United have been really crap and so he's looked good because he's just making loads of saves like for instance Dubrovka at Newcastle who I think he's good I've been really impressed pressed when I've seen him but Newcastle was shit so he has a lot to do whereas Sheffield United generally defend fairly well but I've been super impressed with everything that Henderson's done to the point where I think in a normal world without the current situation United are in a little bit of a pickle next year as to whether they stick with De Gea or 
or bring or Henderson in. Bring Henderson in, yeah. Yeah. And on that, before you go on to defend Pickford, uh, Jeffa, this team is based on this te- season's form. So not on the, the the normal best player outside the top four is Will Saha. Saha's had a crap season, so I don't like he shouldn't be in this team. So it's not based on reputation or anything. It's just based on form of the twenty-seven or twenty-eight games we got through this season. So defend Pickford, Jeffa. Well, if he wasn't better than Henderson, he wouldn't be starting for England. Oh, no, but Henderson's young and coming through. I think Henderson needs another year or two behind him and then he'll be England number one. Yeah, I also think con- continuity is very important to Southgate and we've seen that. And and also the way that Pickford plays is very important to England. We talk about his distribution, which is probably his best asset. Um, and I think Southgate's quite loyal. Um but I, I don't need Pickford's distribution in my team. I need a keeper that's a bit, been a bit more solid this year. And I think Henderson's done that. He's done the the simple things really well, but he can also, his distribution's pretty good. Um, and I've just, yeah, just every time I've seen him, it just seems to get better. And I, so I you, think do you genuinely best. think that he's got a chance when he goes back to United? Yeah. 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 I think um, I think one more year De Gea, one more year Henderson at Sheffield United, and Is then he, change over. You'd argue that De Gea hasn't had a very good year at all. In fact, he hasn't had a very good two years. No, he's lost it. He's done a bit of a Joe Hart. He's kind of he used to be Mister Consistent, and you could just rely on him. But he keeps making silly mistakes, which has never happened before. And I, I would defend Jordan Pickford to the hilt because I really like him. I like his attitude. I love his distribution. But he's one of those players that the fact that Euros has moved from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, it could be a real problem for him because he was and is England number one right now. But in 18 months' time, I don't know if he will be England number one. That's a very good point. Well, it would be a good point if we were still playing football. But <laughs> no, one's, no one's playing football at the moment, so no one's got a chance to show that they're better than him. <laughs> That's true. That's very, if we don't play true. football for six months, everyone's in the same boat. Southgate will be just as loyal. No, Sorry. true. Well, well, I think it's two versus one, though. So... Uh, well, there you go. Henderson. Henderson's in goal. Okay, right back. Oh, I'm I'm going on this one. All right. Mikel Antonio. He, he plays up front. No, he's a right back. He plays up Well, front. he hasn't been playing right back this year. I don't think he's played right back he's once right. this year. He is an absolute right back. Come on, you've got to pay it. He's a right back. No, but we're going on this season's form. He's a right not- back. That kid's a right back. I've got him as one of my forward options. No, but... man, he's a right back. 100%. Him and the team. Him and the team at right back. <laughs> I, I am an Antonio fan, but I don't think we can have him at right back this year. Although, it would make for you're a very attacking him. team. You're punishing him for his versatility right there. That bloke was trained, brought up as a right back. He's on the team sheet as a right back. I'm not, I don't play fantasy Premier League anymore, but I'm assuming he's a right back. Um, <laughs> kid's a right back. Might not play there, but he's a right back. No, I'm going Maybe for Max Aaron's. He's, he's been he's been progressing to a wing back slowly for his career. Oh, What's this it? is going to be difficult. You you've gone to Norwich, John. So yeah, I've gone for Max Aaron's at Norwich, who's England under twenty one. Um, I've only seen him play full game twice, and he's been brilliant both times. He's just composed, quick, and is a top four player. He'll get snapped up um, playing for the team that's bottom of the league. Yeah, so Max Aaron's is my right back. Ross, uh, 
I've gone for a player that I think um, doesn't necessarily get all the plaudits he deserves and has had a really good two seasons now. Don't care about um, two seasons. It's all about one season. Really. And super consistent, scores goals, gets forward, but also defends well. He's seven out of ten every week. Gets a lot of goals from right Antonio. back. Uh, <laughs> now I've gone for Doherty. Yeah, okay. Matt oh. Doherty at Wolves. Matt Doherty at Wolves. I think he he's so important. I think the way, you know, everyone appreciates um, Nuno and the way that he's got Wolves playing. And I think Doherty is one of the most important players to the way that they play and the way that he can bomb on and just get up and down the right-hand side all day. Um, and he won't let you down. So I... I um, and it also... He plays really well in combination with another right-sided player for Wolves who might be in my team. So I've also thought about that aspect of it. Um, I think Doherty was very, very good last season. This season, he's been not as good. He's been in and out of the team. They've been playing uh, Dendonka a little bit, right wing back. No, they've been um, playing Dendonka in midfield. And, um, Doherty, Adamus, play- Royal Ray. He's a right yeah. back. Doherty so, plays every week. No, he hasn't. Um, he hasn't played every week this season. So I think Max Aarons, who has played every week, is young and is actually a right back, beats you both <laughs> <laughs> on three counts. So I say Max Aarons. Uh, is he no, going to score your goals, though? Is he going to score you as many goals? <laughs> I don't like um, your attitude with this one, John, so I'm going to vote for Antonio just to... Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I can't vote... On, on that note, I don't want to vote for Doherty because he's been crap this year. So does that yeah, mean I'm he, has not, he has not been crap this year and he's played everywhere. You're talking out your ass. Let, let it go. Mikel Antonio, right back. We're so Mikel Antonio is our right back by default. <laughs> Brilliant. This right-hand side is going to be exciting. Um, I'm also going to look up Matt Doherty's stats for this year because I'm sure he didn't play much. Um, let's go on to the left back. I'm going to start here because I feel like I've got the best player. And if anyone disagrees with this, they're wrong. Saka at Arsenal. Mm. He's been... Saka at Arsenal. I also yeah. have Saka at Arsenal. No. He's, he's been amazing. He's like 11 years yeah, old. My, my, my backup was Dina, who I'm sure you have as yours. But I think, I think that Saka is brilliant. Dina, great going forward. Every time there's an attack down the right-hand side, if I was an Everton fan, I'd be nervous. He, he's just... He's not... No, he's Roger, always got, got a mistake in him. I, I know that you are basing that opinion on a game that we watched together and you, you there is a, there was one passage of play that you said, this is the best bit and the worst bit of Luca Dino. This is an example of it. And you've never been able to forget that. And I think that that's the hardest <laughs> opinion of a truly phenomenal player. Pope creates more chances than any other defender in the Premier League. That's a fact. He also has the most the most tackles in in box. He, he is a phenomenal footballer. I'd, I'd argue he's too good for Everton. He should be. We've excluded the top five. That kid can play in any team in the Premier League. He's phenomenal. Do I, one thing to give Dina credit for as well. I think he his leadership has improved, and he's sort of. You know, he's gone straight from being a, a, essentially a youngster and a new player to being one of your leaders on the pitch. And when things weren't going well for you this year, he was still playing well and, and put definitely put his hand up. And I didn't think he had that in him. So I, I certainly, 
you know, he's gone up in in um, in my estimations. Like, I, I don't think he's done anything wrong, but I just think Saka is. I think by again by the time the Euros comes round, Saka will be our our number one left back, and I think he's got you know all the ability in the world. He looks like he could be anything. And I think Saka, just on this season's form, has been a surprise. No one saw it coming. No one's expected him to be... He's a winger. He shouldn't be a fullback. And he's performed so well. And they signed um, Kieran Tierney from Celtic, and he's meant to be their number one left-back. And he's been injured. And Saka's just come in and done a brilliant job um, and has an ability to get assists. He's a great crosser of the ball. Um, my backup was Digne. Like, Digne was my second choice. But, uh, yeah, I'm going for Saka. Well, I guess I'm going to lose this one. Saka it is. Yes, Saka's left back. Um, well, I think it's good It's good that we gave Dinier a mention, Jeff, because I agree with you. I think he's had a very good year. And to me, he's a clear second. But I just think the la- over the last few weeks, Saka just, you know, has really put himself up there. What's interesting is they both play in very leaky defences. Yes. True. Which, which I guess what we're looking for in a left back in this conversation, we, we've spoken about crosses and chances created and free kicks and conversion and even the, you know, Dinho takes penalties. But we've, we've not really spoken about their defensive capabilities and, and both of these players have problems. And can I remind you, we just voted on Mikel Antonio being our right back as a striker. <laughs> uh, John, I'd also just like to say uh, there's been 29 games played in the Premier League this year. Yep. Matt Doherty has played in 27 of them. Bit part player. Bit part yeah. player. Yeah. Consistent. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have Henderson in goal. Right back is Mikel Antonio. And Saka is left back. Um, who wants to go for a first centre-back? Okay, I got this. Okay. Jack O'Connell. Oh, from Sheffield United? Sheffield United. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like this year we can't have a team that doesn't have a Sheffield United centre back in it because we have seen something that centre backs have never done before in our life. You know, we we've discussed it at great length on the football shed the overlapping centre backs and the effect that has on the team and how people are not prepared to play against it. And I feel like if we're going to choose a centre back for this side. It has to be an overlapping one. And Jack O'Connell's been doing it for two years for Sheffield United. There were reports when they got promoted about whether they would have the courage, whether he would have the courage to do what he does in the Championship in the Premier League. Now, actually, this season, he's, he's you know, played in the high 20s of games and he's been the one who gets the final ball in. And he's not, he's not the most gifted crosser of the football, but the amount of attempts he has doing it is absolutely phenomenal. So I feel like um, we can't let this go by without putting at least one of the United centre-backs. I think he's the best of the bunch. I had a look through the Sheffield United centre-backs as my options um, because I kind of thought the same. I was like, Sheffield United have been brilliant. Um, their three centre-backs have been amazing. I couldn't work out how to pick them apart, so I just went for the one that's always in the middle, Basham. And now hearing your argument about the fact that they have the overlapping ones and the wide ones, I feel like I've made an error by going for Basham. Well, no, I don't, I, I'm going to jump in here, John, because... I've also gone for a Sheffield United centre-back. Oh, no. <laughs> I've gone for John Egan. Now, the, the reason that I've done that is because for all the reasons you said, Jeff, I think we have to have a Sheffield United centre-back. It would just be criminal not to with the way that they play and how important they are to your system. Now, in the system, um, 
you have, as you said, O'Connell um, and uh, Basham are the ones that essentially get forward and overlap with the wingbacks, George Baldock and Ender Stevens. Um, but the one player in the Sheffield United system who does not move, because obviously when the centre-backs go forward and then the wing-backs go forward, you get the midfielders and the forwards then dropping in and filling back and everybody files back to fill in a position. So essentially the whole team moves around. Yeah. There's one player other than the keeper in that Sheffield United team who doesn't move and it's John Egan. So he is essentially the solid pin at which they then, all the other centre-backs can can move off. And so I think he is the most important in that structure. Yes, he doesn't get to do the sexy bit in terms of the, you know, going on a wander and overlapping and getting crosses in. But to me, he is the one you have to have because he's the defensive linchpin. If you know, I'm going to graciously concede to that, Rog, because I, I do actually think you're right. I, I think if you are on the pitch and you're trying to make this work, it isn't just coaching this. You have to have on-pitch leadership because there needs to be someone yelling at someone else to cover space because the reason why this hasn't happened before is because of the discipline it takes to cover the space. The bloke who's always there having a shout, you know, it's, it's the bloke at the back. So does that mean we're going for John Egan as a centre-back? I think I've got to, yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. But I think we could have... I, I'm also... Um, I'm really, really glad that we mentioned all three of them. Yeah. Because I just think, you know, it's such an unusual way that they've played. And, I mean, I think it's had an effect on everybody that's watched football this year. And I think it's great. And I, I so I... I mean, and it just shows it, you know, the... I think the fact that we all picked a different one shows how much Sheffield United are, um, you know, better than the sum of their parts. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, so I, I'm really glad that we've we've got a Sheffield United centre back in there. Okay, so alongside Egan, we need another one. Um, I'm going to put my hand up for Tyrone Mings at Aston Villa. Oh. Tyrone Mings has got into the England team this year. Um, every time he plays for Aston Villa, they're way better than they are without him. Um, they signed him for 27 million. So there was a bit of pressure. He played brilliantly for them in the championship last year. 27 million? Mm. Yeah. Um, and he's still young. And no, I think he's got a big England future ahead of him. So I think Tyrone Mings is my vote. Yeah, but John, Tyrone mm. Mings. That's <laughs> yeah, true. It's a good name. <laughs> um, Mings. I, he was certainly on my shortlist, John. Um, I, I've been really impressed when I've seen him play, but I haven't picked him because of where Villa are and Villa have been terribly defensively. So ter- terrible defensively. So I just didn't feel I could put him in. Um, Jeff, who okay. have you got? <laughs> okay, right. Let me talk you through this one. <laughs> Why do you watch football? Because um, it's good fun. It's good fun. Great answer, John. Love your answer. We're going to stick with that because it's good fun, right? So you want it for entertainment. You want to enjoy it. Okay. So I can't think of any player more entertaining than Mustafi. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to get David Luiz. I think that I've had more pleasure watching Mustafi try and work out what the fuck to do with his own feet than I have a lot of things this season. <laughs> you remember that? Remember that passage of play where him and David Louise were like trying to head it to each other? <laughs> Mate, to you. 
It's so good. And that's the beauty of football. Like you watch it, so you shout at the TV and you enjoy it. And, and if I'm going to enjoy football, I've got to have a Mustafi of some kind. Well, I, but we want to win, though. And, <laughs> do we? Or do we yeah. want to entertain? And, well, I think with Mikel Antonio, uh, <laughs> right back, and a left winger, Saka, left back, I think we've got entertainment covered. I think we need some defensive um, solidity there. So I've gone a bit of a boring option, but again, a, an unheralded player who I think has been excellent for Wolves over a long period of time now, which is Connor Cody. Oh yeah, um, the Wolves you love Wolves. I hate Wolves. You've been Why just you hate smashing wolves? on Wolves. How many yeah. Wolves players you got this week, Rog? Well, Wolves, if you haven't looked at the table, are sixth, which well, to... suggests oh, that they're best of the rest. That's <laughs> such a boring way to go about it. Well, I, I think that Connor Cody's been excellent for Wolves, and I think I'm going to argue that he had a better year last year than this year. And any team that wears gold is arrogant, <laughs> says the Man United fan. Yeah, we're in red. That's fine. I just don't like teams that wear gold. Which is only okay, Wolves. Okay, sorry. I'll, yeah. I'll take. I'll take it. I'll take it back, Rog. Connor Cody is a very, very good footballer. Um, the fact that he's been with them for a while is good. He's grown up in that system. I rate him. I think he's very good. What an incredibly boring choice. Yeah, I totally agree, Jeff. Like. Very good, but really boring. And I don't think he's been that good this year. I think yeah, last year he was excellent. Darren Mings has been good this year. Uh, the other person I had in the, my backup was Gary Cahill because he's been a bit of a surprise at Crystal Palace. And oh, really fuck well. no. God, I don't want him anywhere near my team. <laughs> Get away, Gary Cahill. He used to play for Chelsea. He's in there. He's been tainted with the John Terry brush. Get away. Okay, so we've got a vote for our last centre-back. So the options are Tyrone Mings, um, Mustafi... <laughs> <laughs> or Connor Cody and I'm not Mustafi it's got to be Mings I'm sorry I'm not having Mustafi in my team and I can't vote for Cody so I'm going for Mustafi wait a minute can't you can't you have your own well, it's got to be no. Mings cause it's got to be Mings because Connor Cody's too small so sorry too, too, I just don't like that as a, as a oh, no, but I don't like Tyrone Mings because he Mings okay <laughs> Connor Cody well you got to pick one Connor Cody but that well, means wait a minute, gone... but then we all gone for different. Oh, for different point, does it? Tyrone Mings then, bloody hell. Yeah, Tyrone Mings. So our solid back four is Mikel Antonio, John Egan, Tyrone Mings and Saka at left back. Oh, I think that works because I think we've got two solid players in the middle and then we've got a bit of... Um, a centre forward. A centre forward <laughs> <laughs> times two <laughs> in the full back positions. Overlapping, it's all about the overlapping. Um, so let's move into midfield. So we're going to play 4-3-3. So let's go for our defensive midfielder. So we'll have one in the middle that's defensive. Um, who wants to go first? Albertinho. Oh, nice. At Wolves. Another At Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, but I'm, he's the only Wolves player I've picked. Yeah. No, he is very, very good. Well, I've gone the other way at Wolves. I think Martinho has been great, but I think that Neves is better. And Neves is only 23. I'm so sick of your Wolves love. Um, yeah. <laughs> Martinho is, like, he is a player that should have come to the Premier League five, six years ago. He is a phenomenal footballer that we always wondered whether he could cut it in this league. It was always rumoured to go to every club under the sun that never happened. The fact that he finally went to Wolves was a, was a strange one. Obviously, their um, association with his agent made a made a, have a bit of a sweetener, I'm sure, for, for everyone involved. But watching the fact that 
you know, watching him swan around the pitch, cover almost no ground, dictate play like Pirlo, um, it's absolutely outrageous. Plus, the amount of tackles he puts in in a game, like, and you remember that stat a few months ago about this year, him doing the most sprints. Mm. Like, for someone of his age, it was absolutely phenomenal. I just think he is hands down the best player in that position, whether you include top six or not. And uh, it would I, I, be I think he's very good, but I think Neves is better. Why is Neves better, Rog? Um, because he's younger, a lot younger. I think he definitely benefits from playing alongside Martino. I think Martino is a brilliant player, don't get me wrong. But I think Neves has the ability to be better than Martino. I think, and this season, he's gone up a level again. Like last season, he was very good. But this season, he's been Wolves' most important player, in my eyes. I think his range of passing is uh, on a level with anybody else in the Premier League. He scores some absolute belters. I think he's he's got everything in his game. And I think that... Um, this might be his last season at Wolves because I think some, uh, I think Madrid or someone like that will come in for him. Yeah, but at defensive centre mid. Uh, well, I haven't got him at that position in my team, but I just brought him well, up because he's the, Wolves. Well, that's what we're talking well, about. That's what we're talking about, Rog. Defensive centre mid. We don't care well, about. I've what. got. I, well, all right, then. Well, I've got um, uh, uh, John Fleck from well, Sheffield United. After all that. <laughs> I've got John Fleck as well. This could have been over 30 seconds ago. Like, I want John Fleck at defensive centre midfield too. Okay, so um, we're going to go for Jamatini then. <laughs> I think uh, we're stuffing it up in the midfield again, aren't we? Yeah, I th- John, you can talk about Fleck then. So, defensive centre midfield, this is what we're talking about. That person that's at the base of the midfield is going to run the show. John Fleck has done it for Sheffield United all season. And I brought him up on the shed. I know three or four weeks ago, just before everything went wrong, I was like, watch this guy. You should watch this guy every week. And then no one's allowed to watch him anymore. Um, so maybe it'll all turn out to be a lie. But I think he's been brilliant all season. Um, he gets up and down. He's an old school midfielder. He's not flashy. Um, and I would just rely on him in the centre of the park. So I would go for John Le- Fleck in my defensive centre midfield. I, I think I... I would have had Lundstrom in here and I did agonise over a bit. John Lundstrom also from Sheffield United because his start to the season was so good. But then um, he's he's been a victim of Sheffield United's success in that they um, splashed out on, uh, uh, was it Sander Burge in um, January, who's, who's then replaced him in the team. But I think you're right, John Fleck's been there all year, does it every week. He's scored five goals, which I think... Um, you know, is is a bonus because he he he's so important to them and he keeps things ticking along. But to get five goals and two assists on top of that, I think it's brilliant. So does that mean we're having John Fleck in defensive centre midfield because two of us went for it over John? Um, no, you could both vote for Martino if you like. True. Have I convinced you? No, I'm going to vote for John Fleck. Rod, you love Wolves. Have I convinced you? <laughs> Uh, well, I've got Fleck in my team. I do. I really rate Matinho. I'd I'd be happy to have either. But as I've gone with Fleck, and again because um, I, I feel like I want to have Sheffield United players in there, um, I, I'd like to keep Fleck. So he's in. So defensive centre midfielder is John Fleck. Now we're doing the right centre midfielder. So mine is Neves. You guys go for your lives. Uh, I have gone for. Decore at Watford. Um, Decore at Watford has improved massively over the last uh, 
five, six weeks since Nigel Pearson came in and he's moving into a more advanced midfielder. He scores goals. He's quick. He's big. He's strong. Um, so for me, I think Decore needs to be in there. Yeah, I'd argue against Decore because we're looking at a very small sample size. If we were looking at two seasons, we would say that he deserved it, absolutely deserved it. And in fact, when, when I was thinking about this in advance of, of putting my team together, I was like, oh, definitely Decore will be in there. But the more I mulled it over, the more I thought, you know, he had an excellent last season. And this season, the whole first half, he was really absent. And it took until their third managerial change for him to, <laughs> to be any good. Yeah. And it made me yeah. feel like, well, what, what is it that, you know, he didn't press his pace to be as good as he is to the other three managers that he had before Nigel Pearson started playing in a more advanced position? It made me feel like, you know, I should have him because he's good enough to be in this team. Uh, on performances this year, I just couldn't pay it. Yeah, I think you've got a good point about Decore there, is that he started the season badly. I wonder if that's because he did so well last season that there was talk of him getting a move somewhere bigger and maybe that distracted him at the start, but now he's knuckled down. Um, and I just think you put him in this midfield, he can play in any midfield. But the way I've looked at picking these players is I go, will I take this player and chuck him in Liverpool's team and will they do okay? Or if I chuck him in Man City's team and they'll do okay. Decore, you could 100% say, chuck him in Liverpool's team and he'll do okay. Chuck him in Man City's team, he'll do okay. So that's why I've gone for Decore. Yeah, he's got the ability. I just, I just doubt his consistency. Who have you, you gone Jeff? for? Oh, um, say Maximan. <laughs> Wait a minute. You've picked a left winger <laughs> as your right central midfielder. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I have. I might he's have one him. Of my, in one of my midfield three. He's not my defensive midfielder. He's one of one of the two um, behind okay. the attackers. Wait a minute, and you've got Antonio at right back. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you need to be a manager. This is the best. <laughs> I'm breaking new ground here. I would love he's, to watch this team. Obviously, Saint <laughs> Maximum deserves to be in the midfield. He absolutely is. He is a. He's not even an enigma. When you say an enigma, you mean it's someone who's not understood. It's understood. Like the only reason that you have picked him in your midfield. I'm telling you now, is because you want to play Charleston on the left of your front three, <laughs> but you also wanted to fit in St. Maximan because you've been banging on about him all year. Am I right? You are, in fact, correct. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've got to say, he's been a bright spark for the Premier League this season. You've got oh, to appreciate the, the fact that we've um, appreciated the... Um, Sheffield United centre-backs, for the same breath we appreciate St. Maximan. What he offers is completely unique to him and we will not see it again. I've said it before, we won't even see it in him next year. Next year, it will have been beaten out of him. What he is yeah. right now is absolute raw electric excitement, yeah, untamed and sometimes it goes wrong, sometimes it goes right, but fuck, it's fun watching him try. And so and Newcastle. Next year, next year, he'll just be like Fat Jerry. You know, so so we're watching it now, and in, if we don't acknowledge it when we enjoy it, then what's the point in watching it? No, I mean you definitely you've won me over this year with Saint Maximan. Initially, I just thought he was, uh, you know, a bit flash and very flaky. Um, but I, in a in a dour Newcastle team, he like he shines out like a beacon from that mm. Steve Bruce cave. Like it, he's been so good, and but also he's won them games. Like I yeah. think they would be in the relegation zone without a doubt 
without Saint Maximin. Like he has literally got them the goals and, and won them the games. Essentially, Newcastle play like a bad Burnley. So yeah. that, that's that, that's that's the way they set up shop. You know, they try and be Burnley but fail at it. Yet, if imagine if you put Zaha at Burnley, you know that is what say Maximan is at Newcastle, but just a, a less polished version. So no matter what the the crap Burnley are doing, this kid is just like he's in his own ballet. So. Um, He's who, on my bench in my team. So who are we voting for for our inside right centre midfielder? We've either got Ruben Nevis at Wolves, St. Maximum at Newcastle, or Decore at Watford. My vote out of St. Maximum and Nevis probably goes Nevis. I think he's the best in that position in the league. You can't vote for your own player, Rog. Well, but we've on the other ones we've had. If there's two for the same player, then they've yeah, got it. Yeah, but I no, I I, I yourself, Rod. I want Decore. We so just said true. Neves. Yeah, you got my, vote I'm else. voting for Neves. Have I you done this for Decore? Where have you been? Well, on other ones we've had it. As soon as another person said one, then we've given it to them. No, no if Rog. no, <laughs> that's what we did with Fleck. No, yeah, because we both, both of us, because we both had Fleck. I've got Decore. You've got Neves. Jeff's got St. Maximum. I'm voting for Neves because I can't vote for my own. I'm also voting for Neves. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you voting for, Roger? Um, Decore or St. Maximum? That's your only two options. It has to be Decore just because St. Maximum has never played in that position in his life. Can I vote for St. Maximum? I can't pay Decore because of his inconsistency, so it's got to be Neves. So Neves. So Ruben Neves gets in the team. So, inside left midfield, who wants to go first? I think we're all going to have the same player here. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, who's that going to be, Rog? Well, let's just say his first name starts with a D, ends in head. Jack nice. Grealish. Jack Grealish. I've got Jack Grealish. I've got Jack Grealish as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what? So he's had a great year. Yeah, you have to like you have to have Jack Grealish in this team. And that whatever happens to Villa, I would like to see him play at a big club. Yeah, just see how I want to see someone push him and see how good he can actually be because I think he could be really, really good. I just remember I remember thinking he was all right, and then I watched the Villa Man City game. I think yep. earlier this year and, and and Villa got beat but the way that the thing that really surprised me with him was his pace and he has this ability with the ball at his feet to sort of glide past players without really looking like he's trying and he ha- you know he has this very deceptive turn of speed you know and we know all the things he does really well he's a very clever player you know he can pick pick a pass and do all that but I I didn't realize he had that part of his game I know, that, I know there aren't many players that can do that, that have the ability to just sort of glide past an opponent. Uh, I, I just think he's he could potentially be, a, you know, at one of the top clubs in the league. Yeah, you know, despite the fact that he's an absolute twat, I, I do think that the, um, <laughs> what's happened this week can take it one of two ways. He can either maintain his current course or he can realise how much is at stake and really shake himself down. Like it can be, you remember when Freddie Flintoff stole the pedalo, got sent home? 
Remember that? Yeah, that yeah. really did make his make his career, in my opinion, because he stopped being an alcoholic and realised that what he was doing for jokes it cost him his reputation and his career as one of the best all-rounders that England have ever had. And, it, and in my opinion, this is the kind of thing that is... No one has anything else to talk about right now. It, it, this is the biggest story in football because there is no football. And not only is, is everybody involved in social isolation, they just put a fucking message on the internet saying we should stay home, stay safe before he went to McCormack's house, got pissed <laughs> and played FIFA till five in the morning and then crashed his super rich Range Rover when everyone else is poor, eating off food banks. You know, this is as public uh, a rollicking as you could possibly get. And this should be character destroying. Now, often if you destroy a character so ab- aggressively, you will come back a stronger person because you'll realise now this is as bad as it gets. And especially when they're talking about things like his Man United move getting hot and ice because of this, I'd like to think that this would beat the twat out of him and um, he'd become a better human. I do think this will be the making of him. And he's had a few... When he first came through in his 17, 18, there was pictures of him passed out in Magaluf and stuff. And he's had a few errors that he's made along the way and he's gradually every time he's kind of come back and come back better and stronger and grown up from it and he's been captain of Aston Villa for the last year now and been brilliant and carried that whole team on the back of his shoulders so I think this is what he's done this week is a massive error but I do think I really hope Man United sign him and I think he's a perfect player for Man United right now because he's young he's hungry he's a leader he's got a bit of mongrel um, and he's really talented. So I would say I would make Jack Grealish captain of this team. He's in the team. Yes. Yeah, he was almost, to, for me, he was he was almost the first player that I wrote down because I think he, he's he got, there's an argument to say he's been the best player outside the top five teams this year. Let's move to the front three. Who is going to be your left winger? So this is your left winger, not right winger, left winger. Son. Hmm? Son. Oh, that's a big call. I oh. I didn't. I forgot about Son. I didn't go for Son. He's been. Has he been good this year? Uh, no, I don't think he's had a great year. Oh come on! Didn't he score a goal from his own half? Remember, he picked it up in his own penalty area, took which, on the whole team, which I actually away. think was a really overrated goal. <laughs> you are it's such so a fucking depressing. Human. He just ran with the ball, and everybody get out, got out of his way. He didn't really do anything. He had a poor touch a couple of times and nearly lost it. It was one of those goals where I know it'll be in the goal of the season thing. And every time I'm watching it, I'm just like, it's not actually very good. He just runs quite fast. If it was that easy, everyone would just run that fast. <laughs> the, it was like the Red Sea parted for him it just was no I, I, I think before he got injured Son was having an incredible year because Harry Kane was injured and he I, and Spurs didn't do worse without Harry Kane everyone was going oh well, actually Son is that good you even on the shed John made an argument back in um, November or December pardon I'm not going to go back in December <laughs> Son would get into any team in the world you can play Barcelona he was that yeah, yeah that was no. this year's performance so yeah. I, I think there is no better left winger in this side than Son. Well, I, I think if you're picking it on reputation, Sun gets in, but I don't think he's had a great year. Yeah, I think recent <laughs> weeks have not been great for him. Um, and I don't think, yeah, and I don't think Jose's been good for him. Um, and Spurs have had a bad season. Listen, listen to that, John. <laughs> is, is Jose good for anybody? No, no, no he's not. <laughs> 
Um, Who have you gone for, John? Well, yeah, I was going to say, because Son didn't even cross my mind, and I still would stand by that, that he could get in any team in the world. My left winger is a person called St. Maximin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So when Jeff mentioned in midfield, I didn't want to bring it up. But yeah, I've got him as a left winger because he has bought something different to the league, something special, something a bit weird. And I wanted him in my team. So you know, I'm paying that. I'm paying that. That's my vote. John's winning. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm ha- I had him as my first player on on my bench. My um, he's not going to get in, obviously. But uh, <laughs> Jeff, you'll appreciate this option. This was my one Everton player. Um, I, I think Richarlison's also had a really good year. Um, he's continued to improve as a as a player and show a bit of um, fight when things weren't that great at Everton and shown some maturity. And we know he's got all the ability in the world. Um, I couldn't pick him up top in this team. So I've got him um, left wing who could potentially rotate with my um, striking option. So who well, who does everyone vote for then? So you can vote for St. Maximan, Son or Richarlison. Um, Maximan. At- Jeff votes for St. Maximan. I would vote for Richarlison over Son in this scenario because I think Richarlison's had a better season than Son this year. Um, so, Rog, who do you vote for? Oh, well, I, I had St. Maximan as my, as my backup. So, St. Maximan's in. St. Maximan. Yep. So, on the right, Rog, yep. I'm going to um, piggyback on you. I put Richarlison on the right. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. For exactly the same reasons as you. Phenomenal year. He's he's pulled his socks up when he's had to. Um, he's shown dedication to the cause on and off the pitch. He's been really involved in charity work, community work. You know, learning the language. He's been he's been exactly what you want as a kind of clubman for such a young kid. And to hear Ancelotti's assessment of him, saying that um, you know when he talks about the Everton squad, we have one world class player or one player that could be anything, and that is Richarlison. And I remember, John, you were watching an Everton game and you, you gave your report and you're like, fuck, he works hard. Yeah, like, he's a good yeah. player, but actually his work rate is what sets him apart from other good players. And I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, I mean, And when with... those two don't necessarily go together all the time, particularly when no. you say a Brazilian. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he has all this ability, but also works so hard is a massive credit to him. And and also is a is a massive asset to to Everton because you know when he hasn't got the ball you're also getting a lot from him whether that's you know movement when you've got the ball but also when you're not in possession you know he he really he presses so well and he harries and he's happy to do that all day and there aren't that many Brazilians that spring to mind that are, that are happy to do that apart from perhaps one other in the Premier League who leads Brazil's press and you know he, he is also incredibly clinical. He doesn't need that many yeah. chances. He's got a great head. I remember the, in the, air. Yeah. The, the goal that we were talking about a few weeks back, maybe a month back now, with all the everything that's, that's happened, where um, Calvert-Lewin flicked it on on the left wing and went to Richarlison. Hearing Calvert-Lewin's interview about that goal, he said, oh, I just got a head to it and I saw Richie got on it and I just thought, go on, boy, do your thing. Like That, that says a lot because it means that the players playing with him just think, oh, he's got it now, go on. Well, do your thing. Like your thing, you go up, be ice cool, finish that goal. It's not, oh, I hope Richie makes the most of this. It's, nah, you got this, all yours. Yeah, he's got something special about him. And yeah, like you say, from when I watched that game of him play, he's got the hunger to win the ball. But be he's got that hunger that seems like he wants to get better and better and be as good as he could be. Um, which, like Angelotti says, could be anything. 
Um, I hope he does do it and he doesn't get distracted and just kind of get a big money move somewhere and then it all goes a bit wrong. Um, but I think he could do it. Um, my choice for right winger is Saar at Watford. Oh, um, okay. He's, he's yeah. Whenever he plays, if you look Late at the run stats, at the finish line here, John for Saar. Yeah, yeah, if you look his, at the um, start to the year wasn't great. No, he took a while to get into the team, but once if you look at the stats of when he plays versus when he doesn't play for Watford, their points difference is huge. Yeah, it's um, it's the defining thing of their season when he's on the when he's on the pitch they win games yeah and just because when they beat Liverpool 3-0 and his two goals in that and how good he was in that game he just showed that he could be anything and I said on the shed after that for me he's the next um kind of Mane or someone that goes from a Watford up to a top six club and proves that actually they're a world-class player and so yeah Saar for me is the right winger um, I'm going to continue with my theme here that you both seem Ugh. to dislike. Um, Triore has been amazing this year. Great he to watch, but he's also improved again from last year. If you look at the um, like Opta stats ratings, or whatever, is it Opta these days? Whoever does it, yeah. Um, he is the highest rating player within our criteria in the league. So outside the top five, he's got the the highest rating per per game, um, and I think he's been brilliant this year. He's so hard; you'd hate to play against him because he can beat you in so many ways. And I think the thing that he's really improved this year is his end product. You know, you can't just let him go past you now because now he might actually, the chances are he'll pick a pass or he'll um he'll pick the right cross or he'll he'll shoot and he'll score, and um I think it would be a bit of a crime if we didn't have him in this team. But he's a right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, my vote is well, my option is Saar. Jeff's option is Richarlison. Rogers' option is Traore. I've got to say, I think this is the hardest vote we've had so far because I, I agree yeah but I, I have put, Richarlison in my team so I could put just on three. the other side so it's really hard <laughs> um, I think if I so I can't vote for Saar so I'd have to vote for Triori or Richarlison I would go Richarlison over those two because I think Richarlison's got a bit more about him and I think he could become a world class player I don't think Triori can actually ever become a world class player I think he's just got the attributes to be a really annoying player for a lot of people to play against. So my vote goes for Charleston. Yeah, do you know, I, I still panic when I see Triore. And I, I don't mean because he's big and strong and runs at you. I mean, if I was a fan of a team that he played for, there's still a bit of a rabbit in the headlights about him. Like, I'd never feel completely calm. And sometimes he finishes that you can't predict the type of finish he's going to make. Like it goes, goes into the bottom corner. It's amazing. You can't quite see how he's done it. You know what I mean, it's just like he shuts his eyes and flaps his leg at it. And, it, and it's yeah, but you love that because you love Mane who just spanks him and he doesn't need to. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I do, I do, but it fills me with anxiety. And because of that, I'm not sure that he knows exactly what he's doing. I think he literally does shut his eyes and swing his legs at it. But he's got big, super strong legs that you know, go so fast. So I, I'm not sure I could pay it, but I do really rate the difference that Sars had. So I'll, I'll vote Sars. Rog, uh, 
Uh, well, I can't vote my own, obviously, which I would because I think he's the best player in this position. But um, out of the options I have, I would I'm going to go with Richardson because he was in my team um, on the left. So if I can't have him on the left, I'll I'll put him on the right. And I think he's had a really really solid year. And I, and I kind of agree with you, John, in that um, of the two. I think Traore has really improved his game and I think he's a very good player. But I think Richarlison's a bit, a bit younger. Yeah? I think um, Traore's already 26, maybe 25, yeah, yeah. 26. Um, whereas I think Richarlison could still improve, you know, um, exponentially. So I, I, I think that um, I think that he could be, uh, you know, a, a superstar. So let's put him in. Okay, so it's the last person, our number nine, our big guy up front, the battering ram, the person that scores the goals. DCL? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've gone for DCL. Like, oh, yes! Yes! I think he's been brilliant this year. Like, if, if, if you look at this team, you go put DCL in there, he'll create goals, he'll score goals, he'll work hard. I don't think he's been brilliant this year. Like, so my he's, I feel sorry for yeah. him because when you move the Euros, he's one of the players who will suffer because he scored 16 goals this year. 16 goals. Yeah. That's a good striker. And the year, season's not even finished yet. Kind of. And, and if, if we were talking about the Euros this summer and Kane being injured, there was talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin being the backup. He was going to be the guy that's going to come in and take that role. And... He needs to do it over a couple of years, but if you're both going on this season's form, I think he's been brilliant. So my vote goes to DCL. I love that, John. I love what, that, that boy, that boy, not not because of me and he's Everton fan, but I think that boy deserves a lot of credit for changing your opinion. Because oh, oh, two years ago, oh, we we have you on tape because we've been doing this for a fair few years now of you just ripping him to shreds as <laughs> one of the most useless players you've ever seen in your life. Like, how does he keep it in game time? So, yeah. in essence, we're just looking at this season's form, the fact that he's won you rounds to getting into this team is credit to the bloke. Yeah, and he that's why won I voted for him. That's why I voted for him, though, because he has definitely changed my opinion and I do think there's a player in there somewhere. He's had a good year. I really appreciate how hard he works. He's scored a lot of goals. Every goal he scored, he tried his hardest to miss, but managed to score. <laughs> he's look. He's definitely gone up in my estimations, and I, I I perhaps have underestimated him. And and again, he could keep improving, but I don't think he will. I think that he's almost reached his maximum level because I think essentially he's a fairly average footballer that works really hard. His link-up play is great. I think, you know, he's done so much good things for Everton this year, but he is not good enough to lead the line in my team. He he is likely to be the next Harry Kane. And I don't say that because of Harry Kane. I mean, because we can't decide whether Harry Kane is any good or not. No way. We, we are going to spend Dominic Calvert-Lewin's whole career deciding whether he's any good or not, and he's going to score 20 goals a season every year. If Harry Kane is a one-season wonder, which he is... <laughs> then Dominic Calvert-Lewin isn't <laughs> fit to shine his boots. Like, you, know it's, it's just, you can't put him in the same league, Jeff. Both like, of them are going to score 20 goals a season. That's the thing. The likelihood is we will still be having this debate after five years and he's scored 100 goals. I don't think DCL is that different to a Nietzscheby. No, I think oh. he's, he's better than a Nietzscheby. For me, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Harry Kane are the... Uh, Harry Kane's Alan Shearer... Dominic Calvert-Lewin's Andy Cole. 
Like, no one really rates Andy Cole, but he managed to score a shitload of goals. Andy so. Cole was brilliant. <laughs> Only when he, when he that's that season no not just Bristol City hold on that <laughs> season at Man United when he played up front with Dwight York, Dwight York. That was is amazing. one of the best strike partnerships I have ever seen in football like over a season and you can't just do that being an average footballer but, uh, he, he he went I thought Andy Cole was always a bit average and then that season I thought you know what this is a bit special but, and yeah, He's very, very good, but you would have always thought he was a bit average. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you'll always think is a bit average. Andy Cole never got in the England team. He was always the sub or maybe on the edge of it. And I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin will have a career that's similar But at least to he that. could finish. Calvert-Lewin just shins everything. Yeah, but he scored 16 Premier League goals this season. That, when, uh, at least when four Robert of them Lukaku, have been off his backside. But when Romelu Lukaku was at West Brom for a year on loan, he scored 16 Premier League goals. Yeah. And he was, well, Jeff, he, was the hot, he was the hottest thing in town. You're justifying John's choice here. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't bode well for me. But what's your option? Abimian. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I've picked someone that hasn't scored 16 goals this year. They've scored 17. Abimian. Which is Abimian. Yeah, I just think, I think Abimian is the best striker probably in the Aguero in the you know he's certainly the best striker outside the top five he's possibly the best striker in the league he's only scored 17 goals this year and you say only in 29 games um, all comps which is still pretty good but he's been stuck out on the left wing for half it and I almost wanted to put him in this team up top just to say he's not a fucking left winger He is one of the best strikers in the world. Play him up front and he will score a bucket load of goals. Arsenal have been absolutely turd since he's been there and he's scored 61 goals in 92 games. Yeah. He is he is such a good finisher. Such a good finisher. And I just think I've got him in my team and I had Richarlison left, obviously, so they could, you know, switch around a bit. But he's he's brilliant. And you like you also love watching him. It's not just the goals he scores. He's also plays with a smile on his face and um, you know, does things that, that not many players can do. Yeah, he is the most dynamic finisher I've seen since Berbatov. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's because he, he plays balls and receives balls in ways that you don't understand or, or that you don't predict. And he makes space for himself in ways that are so dynamic and, and forward thinking that of course, he scores so many goals because of the way he makes space. That's not about the finishes; it's about the space he makes for himself, which makes those finishes possible, which other players don't make. It's phenomenal. His first touch is, is fantastic. He's so quick. Um, I, I absolutely think he's I'm not going to say too good for Arsenal because Arsenal shouldn't be up there. Arsenal are not good enough for him when they should be. He should be the perfect post-Henri Arsenal centre forward. But Arsenal have let their standards slip, but they've not let their striker choice slip. He is as good as Arsenal should be. And that's a that's an indictment of Arsenal, not the Bemier. And I'm really glad that we talked about DCL. And I do think he, I agree with you, John, in a lot of what you said. And I think he's had a great year. But if you just held a Bamiang and DCL up together, he's not in the same league. How old is Bamiang? 29, so he's pretty old. So he's coming towards the end. DCL's eight years younger. But we're picking a team for now. Is, is Aubameyang really 29? I don't think he's that old, is he? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's real old. You can have a Google, Rog, whilst you look for it. Yeah, but that, yeah. <laughs> oh, you have, please. <laughs> you have a Google. But I think 
we like you both went for a Bemiang, so that means a Bemiang is up front. No, well, I don't, I'm going to vote for Calvert Lewin. <laughs> 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 of course you are. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm better at Bemiang. Roger better. I'm also better at Bemiang. So, <laughs> just to get no Evan players. <laughs> so the best of the rest eleven is as follows: Henderson in goal, Antonio right back. I'm not sure how we got there. Um, Saka left back, John Egan and Tyrone Ming centre backs, Fleck, Neves, and Grealish centre midfield, Richarlison. Saint Maximan and Abemiang as a forward three. What a forward three that is! That's a good side. I think that side would have finished sixth. I, I do. I agree. I'm. I'm actually slightly surprised how many um, similarities we had in our in our players. Could have gone anywhere. That one. Uh, he's he's 30 years old, by the way, Abemiang. Yeah. So he's, he's at the end of his career. He's got one more move in him, and he's got two years left in him. Yeah, because he was he was really good at Dortmund for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, there we go. That was the uh, best of the rest 11. Um, does anyone good. have any... That was really good, I think. We'll, we'll come up with another 11 for next week. Um, does anyone have any side stories before we go on to the end game? Well, we've kind of talked about them in that there was Jack Grealish and you also mentioned the rather bizarre situation in Belarus, John. Yeah, where that's my one side story. They, they've decided that they're going to be the the one place that ignores all the, the advice from everywhere else in the world and let's continue as normal, even though they have had over 100 cases or something of coronavirus. So it's not like it's not there. Um, oh, Jimmy, if you don't test, you don't get positive results. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but they've, and they've been signing, um, you know, deals all over the place um, with other countries in terms of the rights. So I think there's obviously a, uh, um, and they, I think they had a big crowd at the weekend, which was 3,000 people. So I think this is all about making money from television rights. And I just, I, what I found really interesting on this was I read, I've read a few different articles on it. Now, the one on, um, I read an article in, in The Guardian, which essentially talked about it in a fairly, um, you know, objective light and obviously talking about um, the fact that some of the players who are playing in Belarus aren't necessarily happy with this situation because they potentially see it as putting themselves at risk. Um, I and wonder why. There was a, um, uh, an article in the, in the Herald Sun um, that essentially I think I could only see the headline but it was something like, which Belarus team should I support? Like as in like jump jump on board. <laughs> oh, by the way, Foxtel is showing all the games in the Belarusian league. Like you know, it's just very different coverage of the same um, the, the same issue. But uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I just it seems bizarre to me. It makes no sense. They've made a lot of money out of it because they've got suddenly a whole bunch of new TV deals because people are desperate to watch any football they can get hold of. Um. I, I, my Belarusian politics isn't really up. Belarusian, Belarusian, mm. Belarusian um, politics isn't up to scratch. Can't even say their name. Um, but as far as I know, it's pretty much a dictatorship. So I think the leader is just gone. Oh yeah, we just want to play football. We'll be all right. Carry on. Um, Alexander Hleb is their most famous player ever, who played for Arsenal and Barcelona, um, and he's come out and said. This is dumb. What are we doing? Why are we still doing this? Um, I think he still plays. I think he's 
38, 39, but he still plays in the Belarusian Premier League. And you love Cleb. We talked about him at the weekend. Uh, oh, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I think he's really <laughs> underrated. Um, but, uh, no. yeah, I just think it's done. It's no, I, done. I'm, yeah, I feel like we're going to be... I'm not even on the fence on this. I think it's completely gross. Uh, yeah. and I think not just gross I think it's a, it's akin to manslaughter they, they are it's a communist regime and force players to play or when I say force them to play against all medical and scientific advice to then bring crowds from the rest <laughs> of the world yeah to bring crowds <laughs> in and, and again if you're, you're a communist regime you control the media which means that you can tell everyone nah it's alright just come to the football football's great you are putting lives at risk every single day that you do that, which means that this is not just negligence. This, this is intentional. I, I'd put it as close to manslaughter as you could. This is absolutely disgraceful. And the fact that they're the only place in the world doing this is an indictment on their country. So I'm sorry if we've got any listeners in Belarus, but this is fucked. Stand up uh, for it. And if we have got any listeners there, we're, we're behind you. Tell them to fuck off. <laughs> Stop going. Stay at home. <laughs> yeah, Watch stay it on home. telly. You've got all these new TV rights. Watch it on the TV. Shit. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was, and then my only other, obviously it was Grealish, but the other side story on a lighter note, and John, this is um, just for you um, because of your love for Jose. Um, Harry Kane, I don't know if you saw his come. I think there's some correspondence with uh, Jamie Sideways and they were talking about... Um, those who don't know Jamie Sideways is Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp, oh, yes. sorry, yeah, his, yes. his future at um, Spurs. And Harry Kane has uh, quite definitively cast some doubt on his future at Spurs uh, in, in a bit of a contradiction to some of his previous um, commentary on this. And essentially he said he wants to be successful. And if he decides that um, that's not going to happen at Spurs, then he'd very quickly go somewhere else because he's ambitious. Whereas previously, he's, his first answer has always been, you know, I, I see myself at Spurs forever. Um, so I think this is a continuation of um, things going down the gurgler a bit at, at Spurs. Yeah, forever he's always said, oh yeah, I'll just play at Spurs and we'll, yeah, we'll create success together here. And now he's very quickly since Jose coming gone, oh, I'd quite like to win things. Can I yeah. um, maybe go somewhere else? Speaking of Spurs, have you, have you seen Daniel Levy's come out and asked everyone to take a pay cut? Yes, when he's got a million dollar a million pound pay rise this year. Well, he, he makes six million pounds a year as chief exec. Um, but he's taking a trade pay cut. Which means he's going to make four point eight million pounds a year, which is struggling on. Um, <laughs> I one of the things he said really struck a chord with me in his in his interview today that he was saying that you know we feel that there is a kind of a siloed approach to finances of football and what's going on at the moment, and actually it's the complete opposite. Football finance is is so intertwined with global financial markets, the stock market, the housing market, investment firms, that, you know, price of oil, that actually football as we know it is currently in jeopardy of changing beyond recognition. And, and that is not only the size of wages, it's how much you can sign players for, it's how many staff you can have on the books, it's the contractual obligations that football clubs have to their casual workers. The whole thing is under a microscope at the moment. And Daniel Levy is under the impression that we are not going to come out of this in the same model that we went into this. So you're seeing players who are, you know, people globally being stood down from their jobs. And that's elite, that's legally fine because the work is not there done. So yeah. it's not yeah. being made redundant. 
things put down because we're not here anymore for you. The FBA has done it. We're not firing you. So footballers are being told, we're not going to pay you till the end of the rest of the year. You, you, you're done. It's happening in Australia to, to A-League teams. Perth Glory, whole first team in Perth Glory have been stood down. That just means that they're not getting their wages, they're not getting their salaries, they're, all, they're just done. It's like they've been made redundant from football. The, the, the footballers' rights are going to come into play. The, the whole thing is changing before our eyes without us realising it. So, so I'm seeing these transfer rumours. I'm seeing... Um, their talk of swap deals and Juventus buying Pogba and talk of Enio moving for £100 million. I'm sitting there looking at this like like I was in January, looking at the coronavirus going, when's everyone going to wake up to the fact that this is, everything's different now? And I'm looking at football and going, well, okay, you're you're looking at things that might happen in the summer and you're you're speculating on it. When are we going to wake up to the fact that the summer is different? The yeah. summer yeah. now might be the end of the season. And it doesn't mean that, okay, well, once everything... Blows over, everything's going to be back to normal again. It just won't be. It, it literally can't be because of what's happened in the financial sector. And I feel like football is not caught up to the new reality. And I don't mean with what's going to happen with the season and the kind of front of house stuff. I mean the back of house stuff. I think what Daniel Levy has done in, with Tottenham is he's he will be viewed as a pioneer in essence. He's the first person to act from a back end and we will see every single Premier League club follow suit within a month. I'm absolutely sure of it. Yeah, it's going to be a whole different world, and we just have no idea what it's going to look like. I'm kind of excited about the carnage, um, because it may cause some of the big clubs that have always won things, and the PSGs of this world, and the Real Madrids of this world, to have a bit of a hiccup. But uh, yeah, we have no idea what's actually going to happen. But yeah, but one of the things we should be worried about—not worried about—but if you're if you're the fan of a club that has an expensive squad, take out loans off the back of your assets. Man City squad is worth a, a, a billion pounds. Yeah, the most expensive squad on the planet. That billion pounds is is how they get financed because they have a billion pounds worth of assets. It means at any point they could sell their assets. If suddenly every footballer is worth half the price because the market has shifted, they can't pay their loans because their assets don't outweigh their debt bit different with Manchester City because of the way they get their money but that model can be you know cookie cutted all over international football so you look at the mid-table club you look at the mid-table sorry about it you look at the Everton's and Leicester's and the Spurs where you really need to balance your books where the the assets of your squad whether they are appreciating or depreciating assets and when you get rid of them if the market changes you've got real problems and I think that is going to be echoed up and down international football yeah and if it goes down the lower leagues, then it's a real problem. Um, we should move on to the end game, partly at this point because Roger's put a weird picture of me on his uh, fictional background of me wearing a pirate's hat. So that's kind of off-putting. Um, but Roger, I think that means that you're ready for uh, end game. You've got your brain in the game zone, ready, ready, to, to. ready to win again. So last week I won. So that makes me games master. Um, Rog, you're on nine points. I'm on seven. Jeff's on six points. Last week, Rog, you went for some 1996 old school thing. So I've kind of brought it a bit more up to date this week. Um, and I was looking through, you know, on Optus, they're showing uh, the kind of classic games from the Premier League. Um, mm-hmm. And Rog and I watched one online on Saturday and it kind of works. You can watch it at the same time. And um, Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's really I re- recommend it. Um, but this week, I saw on there, there is a game between Leicester and Man United on the 21st of September, 
2014. And Leicester beat Man United 5-3 that day. And the managers were Nigel Pearson and Louis van Gaal. So it was when Leicester got the first season, they got promoted back to the Premier League. So in the end, they just missed out on getting relegated. They just stayed up the year after. It was the start of their really good run, yeah? No, this is much earlier in the season. This is in September. So this is like the one game they won and they didn't win again until... No, 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 but that season, sorry, when they were going to get relegated, but then they had a really good run. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's very start of Louis van Gaal's reign at Man United. So it's just September. Leicester win 5-3. Sorry, Leicester. Who is Leicester manager at this point? Nigel Pearson. And what was the weather? It was uh, a slight drizzle with an easty to west west (laughs) breeze. 5-3 to Leicester. Yes, at the King Power Stadium. (coughs) Uh, Jeff, you can go first. Uh, Wan Mata. Wan Mata came off the bench. Oh, for fuck's sake, what oh, a star. Wow. <laughs> um, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy did start. Oh, oh I was going to have Jamie Vardy. Um, Michael. Which one? Casper. <laughs> Casper Michael did start. Um, uh, Danny Drinkwater. Danny Drinkwater started. Um, I God, I wasn't thinking about that. I was waiting for Jeff to stuff up. <laughs> uh. Kante. Was he there? Angola Kante was not there. No, he had not signed. He signed the year after as a replacement for Cambiasso. Yes. Ah, Cambiasso, of course. I had so many on my list. And Jeff, you went first, didn't you? So that was, that's it. Jeff wins. Name the teams, John. So, the Leicester team is Schmeichel, Delate, as in Melbourne City. Yeah, which is he was on yeah. Ricky Delat. Uh, I can't Wes believe M- you went with Mata as your first option, Jeff, by the way. I thought I know, you were going to... Really risky. Yeah. Sorry, Wes John Morgan, uh, L. Moore, I don't even know who that is. Paul Koncheski, Hammond, Drinkwater. Koncheski. And Puth, I'm so glad. Cambiasso. Um, Uloa. Ooh. Yeah. Nugent and Vardy. Jesus. Nugent. Sorry, yeah. David Nugent. David Nugent. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? No, he started. God, I would not have got many of that team. Man United's team was De Gea in goal, Raphael, Johnny Evans, uh, Blackett, who got sent off, Marcus Rocco, Bailey Blind, Taylor Blackett, yeah. Herrera, Angel Di Maria, Rooney, Van Persie and Falcao. Mm. What a strange one. <laughs> really was next to my, Yeah, that was an odd combination of players. Well, but Jeff you guys wins. are hot on, my, hot, hot on my heels all of a sudden. We're getting closer, Rog. This is the uh, aim. We're only going to keep doing this every week until we're evens, and then we can give up. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, does anyone have anything before we go? Uh, great to be back in the shed. Great to talk to human beings. It's been marvellous. Yes. Did we did we have any um, feedback via social media this week, John? Uh, a lot of people message us about Jack Grealish and how <laughs> he, he uh, has just what listened to the shed and deserved to be in the Dickhead Eleven. After any other this. any other Dickhead Eleven Eleven nominations that we missed from this week's social media? Uh, Robbie Savage was a big one. We missed oh, Robbie Savage Robbie off. Savage. So we should have uh, mentioned Robbie Savage. So uh, as soon as I got that through, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. We should have gone for Robbie Savage. But no, I would definitely say in these times, I think it's important that we all talk to each other and interact. So if anyone does have anything that they would like us to um, talk rubbish about or um, any ideas for 11s that we can ruminate on, just go for it. Yeah, definitely. And if you have any opinions on our uh, best of the rest 11, just send them through. Um, Anyone we've missed, we wanted to add to the team, let us know. Um, is there anything else before you go? No. No. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions, tell us we're wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.